in this series called, Did I Just Say That? I know we all have had those moments of, did I just say that moments in our lives? And I was, I was preparing this message a couple of weeks ago. And honestly, I was really having a hard time thinking of, did I just say that moment? So I texted my kids and I said, hey guys, can you guys help me out? I, I mean, I'm just, I'm, for some reason, I'm just having a hard time thinking of some moments. Do you know they had, they had, it was not long until they had texted me back with several things that I could share with you today. <laughs> it's amazing the things that we say. Well, one of the things that Christian reminded me of is several years ago, he had been on the stage for months playing acoustic guitar without any breaks, and we had given him a break, and he was off one Sunday just in the service, just enjoying worship, and the next Thursday at rehearsal, I was just complimenting the, the, um, the team like I always do, just exhorting them and telling them what a great job they did, and I said, and man, the acoustics have never sounded better. And he was like, what? You, are you telling me that I have not been playing very well? And so I pretty much just dissed my son in front of the whole team. And do you know, I didn't even realize I had done that. I was just thinking I'm complimenting the team. And here I just totally dissed my son in front of everybody. So that's kind of a joke on the team on Thursday night sometimes. Or basically, if you're on the team and then you have a week off or something and you come back, somebody might come up and say, man, the vocals have never sounded better. Or the, um, the keyboards have never sounded better. You know, so that's kind of a, you know, the, so the things that I say and do seem like they're long-lasting. For example, two weeks before Richie and I got married, we got married 28 years ago. Can you believe that? So this is crazy. So it's about two weeks before we're getting married, and we're celebrating Christmas with my husband's family. Now, they have a big family, and his mom needed a new washing machine. Now, that this was really a big deal because back then, the finances were really tight. It took a lot. Of, it took everybody pulling together to make this thing happen. So they all come together. They're on, we're having a Christmas together. Laverta, which was Richie's mom, was unwrapping the present, and it's this big box, obviously, that is a washing machine inside of it. And she doesn't know what it is. She's unwrapped the package, but she hasn't opened the box. And she just, she's like looking around like, what is it? And I blurt out, it's a washing machine. Okay, I'm not even in the family yet. Everybody stares me down and is so mad at me while Laverta just starts laughing. She thinks it's awesome. She just thinks it's hilarious. And so if you know our family very well, you know that at Christmas time or at birthdays, you may hear somebody blurt out, it's a washing machine. It makes no sense to you unless you know the history of this story. So apparently I have the things that I say are long-lasting things that wind up being things that are said over and over again. Basically, I don't get to live my things down. Like, they just, they're going to stick with me for life. I was also thinking about, did they just say that moment? Have you ever had somebody say something to you and go, you're like, did they seriously just say that to me? Yeah, I see heads nodding. You're going, oh, yeah, that's happened to me. Well, a few years ago, actually about 10 years ago, because I think Ella was about two, we were in a furniture store, me, Lori, and Richie, and we were looking for some furniture for something. And this sales lady, she's trying to be really sweet. She comes up to me. She's like, oh, is this your granddaughter? I am like, I'm in my 30s, people. Do I look like I can be a grandmother at this point? 
Now, I am now, and I'm thrilled that it, but that's 10 years, you know, there's 10 years in between that. And then, not only did she say that later on, we're walking around, and she says, oh, is this your daughter talking about my sister? So, I left the store, needless to say, without purchasing anything, and... I felt a little depressed, and I was like, oh, my gosh, seriously, I cannot believe, do I really look like I am that old? So that was one of those moments where I was like, I can't believe, does people just need to know what they should not be saying to people, because that was not very nice. Um, and then I think the worst one, which those of you who are pregnant are, are, well, there's probably not too many in the room today, but, you know, you know somebody who's been pregnant before. I was eight months pregnant with my son, Richie, and we used to travel, as you guys know, and live in a motorhome and go to different churches, and we were in a prayer ministry time before the service started, and this, this gentleman there, he's like, I think I have a word, you know, word for you, a prophetic word. I was like, oh, awesome, and I'm thinking, man, this is going to be such an encouraging, life-filled word that I'm going to get, and he says to me, I think that the devil, that God wants you to know that the devil's going to try to kill your baby, and I was like, whoa, wait just a minute, what just, what just happened right there? I was like, oh my gosh, seriously. So I had to pull myself together because I am a guest in this church. And I'm like, okay, well, I know the word of God says that, you know, the devil's trying to come to steal, kill, and destroy, but God's come to bring his life. So um, I appreciate that word. But really what I wanted to do was I wanted to scratch his eyeballs out. (laughs) That's what I really wanted to do. So has anybody ever had one of those, did they just say that moments? Yeah. Well, today's message is not going to be just for moms. It's going to be for all of us because um, our tongue is a very powerful weapon. And we're going to learn that at an even deeper level. I know we talk about that a lot. It's no surprise if you've been attending Amarillo Fellowship for very long that you know that we believe our words give life to the direction of our life. Do you believe that? Do you really believe that? Okay, so today, you're going to learn that you're a very powerful person because words are very powerful. And so, we're going to go back to the scripture that Pastor Richie's been using. It says, um, James chapter 1 verse 19 says, My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. You know, words are very powerful, and your life, my life, has been shaped, all of our lives have been shaped by words that have been spoken either over us, our words have been spoken, I think you guys have that right here, do you guys have that? Our words are very powerful, the words that have been spoken to us, over us, and about us. Our words are very powerful. Those words that have shaped us are words that have been spoken to us, over us, and about us. The same is true for the words that we have spoken over others. The words that we've spoken to others, the words that we've spoken about others have shaped others' lives. That's how powerful our words are. Um, Our words have shaped the childhood experiences that we've had, and they have affected our confidence, our self-confidence. How many of you guys have remember something that may have been said to you, even as a child, and it still rings true in your mind sometimes? Yeah, so there's several hands that you remember things that have been said, um, said to you. They shape what you see in the mirror 
Because words are so powerful, and that's what makes you so powerful. You have to understand that God put inside of us something that nothing in all creation ever has been given, which is we've been given vocal cords and we've been given a mouth to speak. This is a very, very powerful tool that God has given us. It's a communication thing, and it's, it can be for good or it can be for evil. And so words actually determine the direction and the quality of our lives. You know, words are not equally weighted either. We rarely forget hurtful words, right? Because they stick inside of us. We rarely forget those hurtful negative words as we just raised our hands. Some of us remember some of those words that were spoken years and years ago. We still remember those words. In fact, we will remember in, in, remember in, a, in almost like a video kind of thing back in our mind, and we can remember the whole image and everything that comes around with that. But you know what's amazing? We rarely remember the encouraging words. Why is that? It's so crazy, isn't it? That the hurtful words, the criticism, the sarcasm, those are the things that ring true. For some reason, those are things that we can actually believe about ourselves more than the encouraging or the faith-filled words. You know, words are not equally weighted. And it takes a whole lot more positive words to counteract one single negative word. So not all words are equally weighted. And also the source is not equally weighted either. You know, Richie is my boss. He's my pastor. He's my husband. His words to me, and I get to use him today because, y'all, every week, I am an illustration. So today, he gets to be my illustrations. (laughs) But, um, you know, his words, they're very weighted in my life because he's got a lot of influence in my life. So his words weigh a lot in my life, right? Moms, your words weigh about 500 pounds in your kids' lives. They weigh a lot. And dad's I know this is Mother's Day, but I'm going to say this. Dads, honestly, your your words weigh the most. Your words weigh the most in your kids' lives. They really, really do. It's important. This is why it's so important that moms and dads, that that our kids need to hear affirmation from us. They need to hear over and over again, man, great job. Man, I love you. Do not be afraid to tell your children that they are loved, that they are accepted. You know, the world is always going to try to beat them down. Our job is not to try to keep them down. Our job is to build them up and make them the very best that they can be. Amen. So moms and dads, it's important that we affirm our children, you know, in recovery time. It's not equally weighted either. No amount of um, no amount of words to the contrary of what we might have said create an immediate healing or recovery. You know, we can say something negative and then try to go right to and say something positive, and it's just not it's not a quick recovery time. Let me say it like this: We can say, "I said I'm sorry." And the implication is this, why aren't you fine by now? Why aren't we fine by now? Why aren't we back to where we were before I said that to you? You get it? I said I'm sorry, so why aren't we back to even? 
I said, I'm sorry. Don't you get it? Okay, y'all, I'm just playing out my own life here. Y'all just get to listen. You know, if, if Richie accidentally slams my hand in the door. <sighs> see, I told you I was going to get to use him today. Even though he's sorry, it doesn't negate the fact that I'm going to need a trip to the ER and I'm going to need some recovery time, right? So the same is true for our words. Our words hurt and more words don't make for immediate recovery. They are not equally weighted. So this is why it's so important that we have to be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. I wanted to say, um, as a um, creative person, this is a challenge for me sometimes. Um, I can maybe be easier to listen, but I do kind of just then verbalize everything. So I'm learning and continue, I'm trying to learn to listen. And do you know it actually takes a lot more energy to listen intently than it does to just talk? Because, man, I can talk all day long. But to sit there and listen, I mean, I like have to really concentrate on what the other person is saying. It's just that important that you decide that you, the person that you're engaged with, that you're talking with, that they're important enough to take time to really listen to. And then be slow to speak and slow to become angry. You know, our words are the most powerful thing that we have. Our words are the most powerful thing that we have. Your words are the most powerful thing that you have. Your words are the most powerful things, thing that you have. You know, you can do more damage with your words than you can with any other part of your body or any other thing that you have control over. You know, you can destroy a person with your words even if you're not in the same room with them. Here's a great example. Um, A lot of times people will say something through a text message, a Facebook post, a... um, I was trying to think what the word is, um, passive-aggressive Facebook post. (laughs) Oh, yeah, those are awesome. Um, But you can say something to somebody, and you can hurt somebody very, very damaging. You can say damaging things with not even being in the same room. Uh, uh, Even from the perspective of saying something behind somebody's back in in the form of a prayer request about something, that you're, that, uh, there's just, there's nothing good about talking negatively and talking bad about someone else. It's not okay. It hurts people. And even though they may not be in the same room, you're still damaging that person and you're damaging the person that you're talking to because they know if they turn around and you've upset them, you're going to do the same thing behind their backs. So, I'll tell you this, you might want to embrace what James is going to be talking about here in just a minute because he is going to talk about stuff that could help us avoid our greatest relational regrets. And if we know this stuff, it will really help us. And so if we can lean in and if we can take heed and if we can listen, we can probably, um, we can avoid some of our biggest relational regrets if we will just listen to what James says because our words are so powerful. So in James chapter 3, verse 2, it says this, We all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, 
able to keep their whole body in check. Okay, think about this scripture for just a second. Anybody here feel that they're perfect from this description? Because it says we all stumble in many ways, right? Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect. Able to keep their whole body in check. That's pretty incredible. That's a pretty incredible scripture. In fact, I hadn't really looked at that in that way until I was studying for this. And it says, in other words, gain control of your mouth. You gain control of your words and you're going to keep your entire body out of trouble. Come on now. Do you want to know how to keep yourself in check? This is a great way to do that. Your words, that's just how powerful your words are. James goes on to describe this in James chapter 3. Verse 3 says, when we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take the ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants it to go. So now ships were some of the largest structures that they were able to make back in those days. And here's, I think we have a a picture of one right here. So here's like an old merchant ship. And look at the rudder right here. So this is an old, old, old ship here. And here's like the two little rudders here. Um, This little rudder is telling it, this big boat, which direction it's going to go. Along with the wind, this is what's giving it its direction. You know, the whole point of that is, it's a small part, it's a big influence. It's a small part, but it's a huge influence in our life. And so James is basically saying, he's saying um, a bit in the mouth of a horse and a rudder on a ship is insignificantly proportionally small when you look at the size of everything else. But it has extraordinary influence in terms of the direction of the horse or the ship. Or as he's going to tell us, the direction of our lives. Because in James chapter 3 verse 5 it says, likewise the tongue. So he's comparing the, the bit in the, the mouth of the horse or the rudder on the ship to our tongue. It's what he's going to be comparing that to. So um, think about the size of your tongue compared to the rest of your body. Okay. So to begin with, the tongue is not like the most attractive part of your body, right? No one really wants to see your tongue. I know all those sometimes people like to show that to you. It's not attractive. Keep it in your mouth. Um, It's only about four inches long, and yet it has the power to control your destiny. It's pretty powerful, isn't it? Now, this is interesting. Your tongue has, is, is made up of eight muscles, and it's proven that they never, ever, ever get tired. They never wear out, and they never get exhausted. Is anyone surprised by that? We can run our mouth all day long and not feel tired. That muscle will never feel, feel tired. That's crazy, huh? All of our other muscles can get tired, but not that one. And so James says this, likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes for great boast. Your tongue can control the direction and the destiny and the quality of your life. And he goes on and says, do you need more illustrations? Consider this, what a great forest is set on fire by a small 
spark. And so how quickly forest um, homes and lives get devastated by something so small. So I'm going to try to do this. I was thinking about something so small can bring such devastation to an entire forest. Something this small can ignite can ignite something and catch it on fire and, and it can devastate an entire forest. The devastation that our tongue, he's just trying to help us to see. Listen, people, this is important to get. This is important to really take hold of. This little tiny spark can cause devastation that will last for years to come. Something so small, something so vast. He goes on in chapter 6, I mean, verse 3. Chapter 3, verse 6. Let's try that again. The tongue is also a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. You know, your tongue has the potential for endless evil, and it has the potential for endless good. And every kind of evil can be ignited by the tongue. Do you realize that a divorce can be ignited by what you say? Right? Murder can be initiated because of what was said. Wars have been started because of words that were spoken. And we are born, we are born with our pilot light lit. We're born with it that way. We really are. James verse 6 says, it corrupts the whole body. We, have, we all have stories of when our mouth has got our entire body into trouble. Amen? Have you ever mouthed off to your mama? I was too afraid to. <laughs> I probably did. <laughs> but, um, you know, moms, when, your mom, when, you mom, when your child mouths off to you, do you, put your, the, do you put the mouth or the tongue in timeout, or do you put the whole body in timeout? The whole body. If you have teenagers, um, you don't ground the mouth. You ground the whole person, right? The whole teenager gets grounded. No one has ever divorced a mouth or a tongue. You divorce an entire person, right? So James's point is this, that your mouth has the potential to get the entire body into trouble because your mouth and your words determine the direction and the destiny of your entire life. Amen. Verse 6, it corrupts the whole body. It sets the whole house of one's life on fire. This is what I want to, I want to just, as your words go, so goes your life. As your words go, so goes your life. I would challenge you, if, if, you're, if you tend to be a, a very negative person, I would challenge you to listen to your words. Just, just evaluate your words. Think about the words that you speak over your life on a daily basis. And if you're seeing some negative things happen in your life, just think about this. It could be, I'm going to say, it is because you're speaking those words over your life. As your words go, so goes your life. Let's say that. As your words go, so goes your life. Let's make it personal. As my words go, so goes my life, right? 
So I have the potential to burn down the relationships in my life, my family, my career. I can burn down so many things in my life by the words that I speak. And do you know what? The truth is, is that's a little bit convicting for me because some of us have scorched the people that we love the most with our words. Our kids. Why would we scorch our kids with our sarcasm and with words, with speaking down to them, speaking that they're not worth anything? Why would we do that? Why would we speak in such a negative, harsh way to the people that we've asked to spend the rest of our lives with us? And I don't, I know it's because we love the people and we feel safe, but you know, sometimes the people that we love the most are the people that get just the most um, damaging, hurtful things said to them by us because we feel like we know that they're going to love us. But can I tell you, we need to love and be careful and be cautious of the way we speak to the people that are in our lives. You know, because when we're confronted, when we do say those things and we're confronted, how do we respond? We defend ourselves. How? With more words. I was just being honest. Well, I was just mad. I didn't mean it. I was frustrated. I've had a bad day. It was my hormones. <laughs> okay, that's my latest one. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm sorry. But it's so true. You know, and so we defend ourselves with more words, right? You know, the truth is, if, we, if you start a fire accidentally, aren't you still responsible for the fire that you started? So if you start a fire with your words and it's an accident, you're still responsible for that fire. You're still responsible for that fire. So James, as if he hasn't gone deep enough, he continues and he says in verse 6, okay, it corrupts the whole body. It sets the whole house of one's life on fire by hell. Well, okay, James, that's awesome. It's as, it's, it's as if he's saying the devil himself has set your mouth on fire. Do you ever wonder where did that come from? Okay, it just came from within us. And sometimes we're suppressing things and we're, we're pushing things down and then all of a sudden it's like this volcano erupts. You know what I'm saying? And we start saying things that we know we don't mean but we have not dealt with things and so it comes out as a huge explosion. And James is still not done. He says in verse 7 and 8, all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. So let me explain this to you. What he's saying is all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, creatures on the earth, they've been tamed by mankind. But the tongue, man cannot contain, cannot tame the tongue. It's full of, it's full of evil and it's a deadly poison. You know, our tongue is volatile and it should come with a warning label cautious, beware, be careful, watch out, because it's never fully under control. There's always going to be an unpredictable factor about our mouths and our words. And if we think about this, you know, with this microphone, 
I could literally ruin my entire career by words that I speak right here and right now. That's the poison factor. That's the someone needs to stand guard over my mouth factor, right? So James wants us to see just how ridiculous this can become. In James chapter 3, verse 9, he says this, With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who've been made in God's likeness. I'm just talking just real stuff today. Isn't this stuff that you walk through just every day? So we come to church and we sing about how great and how good God is. God won't stop now. He's an awesome God. And then we get in the car and it's crap that comes right out of our our mouth. It doesn't take but about 20 steps to get from here in the presence of God out to the car. And then it's, you know, and it's just stuff coming out of our mouth. And we're like, what is going on? And James is like, you know, you love God and then you treat people who God loves like they're not even human beings by your sarcasm, by being critical and fault finding. He says, think about this. This is just weird. Out of the same mouth come both praise and cursing. And then he leans in and and, and, let's see in James 3.10, it says, my brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? What we don't see anywhere else in nature, it's miraculous. Two opposite things that come from the same source. You don't see salt water and spring water flowing out of the same place, right? But out of the out of our mouths can both come praising. And cursing, he's saying, this is really crazy. This is so unnatural. Like, what comes out of our mouth? Something is disturbingly wrong. (laughs) Um, In verse 12, he says, my brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can salt spring produce fresh water. James pretty much stops the conversation there. But here's what I want us to think about as I wrap up this message. There is no one and all solution. We've talked about some of the damaging results that our tongue can um, produce. But you know, in the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about some of the great things that our tongue can produce as well. It can be used for great good and it can be used for great evil. In every way, in every way, our tongue determines the direction and the quality of our life, your family, and your marriage. You know, this is a really, really, really big deal. And we're never safe because this is something that has to be constantly guarded. I was driving around, uh, I think I was headed to work one morning this week, and I was, I was driving and I was, it's crazy. You know, God gives you a word and you're getting ready to speak it. And can I tell you the challenge that comes up against the word that you were supposed to speak? I mean, like, because I'm speaking words that are like, and I'm catching myself going, why am I being so negative and just down on myself right now? You know what I mean? This isn't about just to somebody. This is also over yourself. You cannot speak negative things over yourself and expect to see good results. 
And so, I, I mean, I'm literally, I'm driving to work and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I have to stop this right now. Stop speaking the negative stuff. And so I just, you know, it's like you're how your mind will just, you're just by yourself. And so you just start kind of going through your day or start talking about stuff. And you're kind of just, you know, and I'm like, okay, really, I need to learn to stop right here, right now. When those words, when those thoughts start coming over me and I need to, I need to declare who I know God says I am. I need to declare who I know he says I am and who, what he has as a good plan for my life. So this thing, our tongue has to be constantly guarded. And this is why we have to be quick to listen and slow to speak. And so here's the question. I want to wrap up by, by just wrapping this up, talking about what do we do with this information? What do we do? I want to give you three words. It's remember, surrender, and confess. Remember, surrender, and confess. Remember the power that you have, that you are a very powerful person because you can wield words, and words are the most powerful thing that a person can wield. If we really get to the place we totally believe that, it can change your life. And remember that every single time that you open your mouth, especially when you're angry, Especially when you're frustrated, your potential, remember your potential for good and your potential for evil is unlimited. The second word is surrender. Surrender, we need to surrender this weapon to our Heavenly Father. And this is an invitation for us to surrender our mouths and our words up to our Heavenly Father. Paul says, that we offer our bodies as a living sacrifice. So daily we can pray, God, I give you my hands. I give you my feet. I'll go where you want me to go. I'll give you my eyes. I give you my ears. I give you my mouth. I'll say what you want me to say. And here is a prayer that I want us to pray today. And it just says, Heavenly Father, remind me to be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. If we can just start with this on a daily basis, I think it will really help us. I want us just to pray this together. Heavenly Father, remind me to be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Now, you want the people that are sitting next to you to pray this prayer, right? Let's do it again. Heavenly Father, remind me to be quick to listen, slow to speak, And slow to become angry. Confess. The last word is confess. When we mess up, not if, because we are all going to fall. Don't excuse your behavior. Just own the fires that you've started. Just own them. Just own them. Own the fires that you start. Dads and moms, your words are the very the heaviest in your child's life. Be sure that you're speaking those words of affirmation to your kids. They need it. Kids, that's all of us in the room. If you still have parents alive, let me just say this. Our words to our parents are the heaviest words our parents will ever hear. And we don't believe that sometimes. And we say, oh, it's just mom. She loves me. You know what? There's no words. There's nothing such as, oh, it's just my mom. Regardless of your age, your words matter to your parents.
And I realize this is a bit of a heavy topic for Mother's Day. (laughs) But I also believe it's just that important for us to know that we need God's help to speak life over our lives, our spouse's lives, and our children's lives. This could be life-changing in every relationship that we have. Choose to speak life and to declare what God says and believe who God says you are, not what words that might have been spoken over you, to you, or about you in the past. Because God is here right now, and he wants to heal all of the wounds that you've had from the past. He wants you to get back on track because you know what? He wants you to live. He doesn't want you to live in the past. He wants you to know that you have an amazing future. 